0: LifeWay Lifeway. Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.
1: This is the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast.
0: Well, thanks for listening to the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast hosted by LifeWay. Ron's mission is to help church leaders become better leaders. I'm your host, Chandler Vinoy, and Ron, in this episode, we are addressing how to stop people-pleasing as a leader. (laughs) And I know you're around a lot of pastors, and this is probably the easiest
1: question you're going to answer. Do you see this as a big problem? (laughs) It's huge. You know, I love pastors, and I love investing in pastors. I I call myself a pastor. I've been a pastor for 20 years, Um, and I I know it comes somewhat with the territory. We 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 want to um, love people. Everybody wants to be liked. We all want to be liked. Uh, we we want to be successful in our roles. We want to be seen as successful, and you know, uh, mostly church leaders listen to this. I think so. What I'm about to say is harsh, but I have found some of the meanest people sitting in the pews of a church. You know, and and uh, it it just it, it it floors me coming out of the business world into the ministry at the age of 38. It is still astounds me what people think they can and 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 will say to a pastor it just it just blows me away because I can't imagine that I would have ever talked that way to a pastor when I was uh, in sitting in the pews but as a result of all that my desire to be uh, do do well at what I've been uh, asked to do called to do and my desire to to be liked among people and and then the way some people are I, a lot of pastors just fall into this trap of people-pleasing, and so they just do whatever it takes to make keep the people happy. Mm. And it can be disastrous for the church because n- nothing moves forward because you're just always constantly trying to keep people uh, appeased. Uh, I, I actually started addressing this a number of years ago when um, I'd written a blog post um, about people-pleasing, and I got a guy that re- re- reached out to me a, Uh, a young pastor, and he said, how do I stop? Mm -hmm. You know, I." I, he said, I'm seeing the tension mounting on the team. Everyone's frustrated. They know they want me to lead. And yet, you know, I'm I'm still trying to balance this, keeping people happy and leading the church forward. And so it really uh, caused me to start saying, okay, how can we stop this? How can we really stop people pleasing? And uh, so here's a few thoughts. Yeah, let's do it. The first one is get a firm again on the vision you're trying to accomplish. Our last podcast, we did one on worry. And and, uh, this is similar in you. You've got to stay grounded in what you've been called to do. Um, You've not been called to make everybody happy. That's not what you've been called to do. Now, I'm not saying you've been called to make everybody unhappy either, but you have not been called to make everybody happy. You've been called to lead a church, disciple people, and part of that may be making hard decisions at times. And so um, just remember what God has called you to do. I I, I like to imagine the pressure Moses was under as a leader Mm. and how the people were nipping at him all the time. Uh, We see that with Nehemiah. We see all David. They had to stick to the vision that God had called them to. And I think that's the first thing that keeps us from getting pulled in so many directions, trying to please people.
0: Hmm. I've heard this quote. I don't know who exactly it's attributed to, um, but it says, if you want to make everyone happy, don't be a leader, sell ice cream.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I think I know who originated that. I'm not sure. The first person I heard say it was Eric Geiger. Yeah. I think.
0: Well, I just pulled it up and it looks like, Steve Jobs' face is behind
1: it. So uh, who knows? Maybe, uh, you Eric, know. maybe Steve Jobs got it from Eric Geiger. He probably you know? did. But, he probably uh, did. And
0: that was something that we heard around here uh, when Geiger was here at Lifeway. Okay. And that is very true. And I think so many times, like you're talking about going back to the vision, it's not always going to make everyone happy. And part right. of, you know, I think of coaching, part of being a good coach is making people do what they don't want to do right. to accomplish something that they want to accomplish. Yeah. And the same is true for the vision. Now, when you are leading through the vision and you see somebody who is maybe not on board with that, Mm -hmm. how do you handle that? Is that Mm -hmm. a conversation or is it saying, hey, sometimes the vision, it may not line up with what you're wanting. So you may not, this may not be the right place for you.
1: Well, that's a hard one. um, and, And you will face that. I'm not afraid to have those hard conversations with somebody. So first I would ask more questions who is the person are they a stakeholder here are they invested are they in um you know one thing the first place i heard this was from rick warren one time he said the loudest complainers are the cheapest seats and you'll find people who are they're not even invested in the church they're not contributing they're not serving they're not they just don't like it you know um (laughs) and and so i'm going to I'm going to consider the source first, how invested are they and how much. So if they're a staff member, not on the team, then that takes up. We're paying them. Then that's a hard, probably more important conversation. Or if they're a key investor in the church, and I, I don't mean just financially, but I mean they're all in. They're all they're in, it, you know, serving. Yeah, yeah. Then that's going to carry more weight. Yeah. I remember. I'll never forget uh, when we were in church planning, and our ch- our music was different than anybody else's in town at the time, and it was a little edgier. Okay. and uh, And this lady walking through, I hate this church, and I hate that music. I'm like. Okay, but so you're probably not coming back. Is that, am I am I hearing that correctly? You know, so I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to please that person yeah. over our music. You know, because it's not our target. Uh, so uh, consider the source, and then uh, you know another thing I'm going to do is is consider how much. So like, uh, if I've got somebody on the team, they're not fully in on the vision. Do I think they can get there, or do I think they can't? Hmm. Because if I don't think they can, then I'm not going to spend a lot of time worried about that either. Probably going to spend time, maybe the right thing is to encourage them to find something where they can't support the vision. You know, If they're full, fully, somebody, I love everything about this. i just not quite lined up with this. I'm probably going to try to coach them through it. Yeah. And maybe some of what they have can make us better, actually. So uh, I'm going to consider the source. Yeah.
0: No, that's really wise. That's great.
1: What about number two? Get buy-in with a team towards reaching the vision. It kind of goes back to the, what we were just talking about. But you need people around you who have the same defined vision that you have. You can't be the sole carrier of that. Um, and the good news is, in my experience, God is always raising up people with a similar vision. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, there; the, the people are there usually if, if God's in it. He's not just been working in your life. He's been working other people's lives, too. And so I want to I want to get um, I, I don't want to do it alone, because if I do, I'm going to tend to, OK, I got to please this one. I got to please that one. But if we're in it together yep. and I love uh, one of one of my favorite stories is when we tried launching um, uh, a, a new project, a new uh, ministry at, at a church and it didn't go well, but I, it was easier to accept because our team was fully behind it. It wasn't just me saying, hey, let's launch this ministry. It was all of us together saying, let's be all in on this. And and we learned some things out of it. We improved some things. But it was a flop for, for all practical purposes, but it was a shared flop. And that just made it feel better, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Let's face it. You didn't become a pastor to be an accountant, and you didn't attend seminary to learn about software. Still, managing money is crucial for any thriving organization, which means if you're doing anything wrong, then you're risking the financial health and viability of your church. Thankfully, our friends at Belay know this well. Belay, an innovative staffing solution with over 10 years of experience serving churches, has successfully matched thousands of organizations with experienced U.S.-based virtual bookkeepers, virtual assistants, and social media strategists and they are offering all of our podcast listeners a free download of their resource five ways a church bookkeeper can transform your day which shares the five most positive changes that will come out of hiring a bookkeeper for your church so just text lifeway to 55123 that's l-i-f-e W-A-Y to 55123 for your free download. And if you do so, you will be one step closer to reclaiming precious time every week to do what only you can do. Now, back to the podcast. Yep. As, you're, as you're talking about that, I think somebody's mind can easily go to, when you say team, just staff. You know, I think you have staff on board. right? But part of that is you need to get those key leaders we are just talking about. You need to get stakeholders, all of those. So how do you go about that? Because of course you can share it from the stage and say, Hey, here's where we're going as a church, but practically, um, you know, cutting through the people, pleasing, casting a vision and getting others on board. How do you do that kind of on a micro scale? Yeah.
1: Well, and, and this may be a whole other podcast we can do about how do you find those type leaders? Because there is a, an art to it, so to speak. And, and I think it's very easily learned, but, um, one of my chief jobs, if I'm the senior leader, is constantly be asking questions. What we played this game, and just in my last role, uh, every staff meeting once a week, we would ask, "Who'd you meet yesterday?" Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and with the goal of getting out and meeting people and discovering those leaders and hidden talents and uh, the the best. The best people we talked we talked before and, and got to do a podcast on my personal advisory board. Those people were always discovered. They didn't raise their hand and say, "Hey, I want to, I, I want to personally advise you." You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's you like, not, not yeah, yeah, that's that. right. That's <laughs> exactly right. So it becomes uh, 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 asking good questions, fi- discovering people, uh, using discernment, good discernment checking people's track records other Mm -hmm. places you know if they've been bouncing in and out of every church in town they're probably not the best ones so uh yeah but that you have to have those people around you and the longer you're in leadership you should be getting better at discovering who those people are that you can put around you
0: Mm -hmm. what about number three
1: assign responsibility and timelines to 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 people delegate Mm -hmm. um and you know uh, give people real responsibility towards accomplishing that that vision that um, allows you you'll be less likely to cave to people pressure if you know things are on track to reach the vision. Like we have a plan um, and, and and I didn't say that already, but have a plan, you know, to carry out your vision, uh, because when things are a little more structured and I'm not always the I, I run from structure most of the time, but I do believe in having everyone having not known what they're responsible for. This is their part of accomplishing the vision, because when you when that's in place, when you have a good plan and people know what they're responsible for and they're taking ownership of that, you can look at the person that's just wanting to complain and not be as swayed by them. Because uh, I understand you wanted it this way, but we actually have a pretty good plan here. We got people on board. We know the vision. We got people on the team that believe in the vision. And now we have a plan to carry it out. So that'll protect you from wanting to please everybody. Mm
0: -hmm. And and even when I hear you talking about the plan and, you know, assigned responsibility and timelines, of course, that's going to protect you because you you can say, hey, here's the plan. Right. But even at that, you're also helping your team be protected that's and right. maybe help them also not be people pleasers
1: as yes. well because
0: they're saying, you know, this is well planned out and I know where we're going. Right. If I don't know where we're going, whatever somebody says in my I'm, ear I'm that we, is going to be what yeah, I want to focus that's on. That's right. So that's exactly that's helpful. right. What about number four?
1: The, this is the last one is you're just going to have to discipline yourself. You're just simply going to have to discipline yourself. This is so incredibly difficult. And I know we're talking to um, some leaders that are, Carrying a lot of weight right now, especially in the in the the year that we're living in, you know, in the last couple of years, a lot of weight in leadership. And yet, uh, if you recognize that people pleasing is a weakness in your leadership, you're going to have to discipline yourself away from it. And and that's going to take. The same way you would do uh, any other discipline that you're building into your life. It's going to take repetition. It's going to take maybe sharing with a friend. Hey, I'm, I really struggle with this. Will you hold me accountable to this? Um, but find a way to discipline yourself away from, you, you said it earlier, the wind of the week, you know, whatever the, find yourself a way to not be motivated simply by pleasing people.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really helpful, Ron. Well, thank you for walking us through these ways to hopefully become less of a people pleaser so that we can accomplish the mission and the vision that God has given us. And if you're enjoying this podcast, we'd love for you to share it with others. Leave a review on iTunes and subscribe so that you get every episode along the way. And Ron, maybe somebody's listening to this and they go, man, I would love to hear more from Ron. Maybe he can speak into our team, hmm. uh, into our what's happening at our church what can they do to, to learn more about that? I
1: love doing that. I'm actually working on something called five T leaderships. It's uh, traction. I can help you uh, find that next step forward. It's transitions. I love helping people through those seasons of change. Uh, it's turnarounds. If you just, you, you need massive change and go a different direction, uh, teams. So I love to come and work with your team and develop healthy teams. And then the last one is trust and, and, uh, We may do episodes on each of these because the the trust one is probably the one closest to my heart right now. Uh, You need a a culture that allows for freedom of expression, um, risk-taking, lack of organizational fear, and all that requires trust. And I'd love to help your team uh, uh, discover how to be more trustworthy with each other. So if I can help, uh, RonEdmondson.com. go to the contact uh, button there at the top and we'll have a conversation. Awesome. Thanks,
0: Ron. And we'll
1: see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast. For more information about Ron, check out ronedmondson.com. For more leadership resources from Lifeway, check out leadership.lifeway.com.